Welcome to All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's first podcast. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. And we are happy to be with you this blustery Monday morning in December. Thanks for having us. It's just another day in paradise here in Buffalo. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, okay, so I want to hop right into it. So we're definitely going to talk about some seasonal holiday things eventually. But first, I saw a movie recently that I really enjoyed, so I suggested that you go see it. You did. You did And are you so it. happy with me? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I am not overly thrilled with you for... For your, your suggestion. Your, your furrowed brow is, is leading me it, to it believe that a, that's true. It, it's a maximum furrow right now, let me tell you. Okay, so we are talking about the movie Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Duh. which is a fantastic movie name. But um, it is a, a dark comedy drama from Academy Award winner Martin McDonough, who you might know from the movie In Bruges, which I think we're actually going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Which I actually enjoyed. I like that movie a lot. Yes. So you like you like Martin? I do. I liked him and, you know, he had some other movies. Seven Psychopaths, I think, was another one. I like that one. Okay. So in Three Billboards, the premise is that uh, after months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes, who is played by Academy Award winner Frances McDormand, who is a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Everything she everything she's in, fabulous. And in the movie she makes a bold move by painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message which is directed at William Willoughby, who is Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson. Even better. We love Woody. Yeah. Okay. Nothing not to love about Woody. We're on the same page. And then the town's, uh, Reverend, he's the Reverend Chief of Police, and then his second in command is Officer Dixon, played by Sam Rockwell. Oh, oh, oh Sam Rockwell. That, all about Sam Rockwell. That guy's awesome. See, you're going to change your mind. And who's just like an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence. And the whole thing is kind of this battle between the police and Mildred um, with these billboards. And I'd say everybody ends up pretty exasperated in the film. Yeah, including some members of the audience by the time it was over. Oh, but, well, right, before well, we get into yeah. your your non-love, I will say that this movie has been nominated for six Golden Globes, which is, I'm pretty sure, the second most of the year. Yeah, it uh, has a so. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, Yeah, which is putting me on the minority here, but... Well, whatever. Okay, so we can kind of get into things that we liked yes. and didn't like. Because the there is, thing there is say, stuff to like in here. There's a lot of stuff to like about it. That's that's how I feel. Now, it is a weird movie. Definitely from the trailer, I didn't get the movie that I thought that I was going to get. And I felt like I never really had my finger on this movie and what exactly it wanted to be. And possibly the director did didn't either. So I could see why some people wouldn't have loved it. Yeah, there's there's like three different kind of plot lines going on. At, at times it's a dark comedy. It starts out that way where there's a couple funny scenes right off the bat and then it gets into some heavy melodrama at certain <laughs> points. It gets really heavy. I went uh, with a friend, somebody actually from the library. Hi, Don, if you're listening. And she was definitely really horrified at parts, I'm pretty sure, because it just wasn't what you were expecting. You were just like, oh, thi- oh, this terrible thing is happening before my eyes. Okay, okay. Didn't, I didn't necessarily see that coming. It's like all of a sudden out of left field, it's like, well, we're going in this direction now? I didn't think this yeah. was what was going to go down. The thing with me is I'm definitely drawn towards movies that are about grief, and 
this movie absolutely shows you what a broken heart looks like. Yes. Um, Fra- uh, Francis. McDormand. McDormand. Okay. Francis McDormand. Um, playing the mom, she just got everything encompassing with this, like a good kind of face while she's going. Absolutely. Like you didn't need anything more than just a close up, and she's got this, like the pain and the torture that's in her eyes and on her face. It just, she wears it perfectly. I was going to say, like, Frances McDormand can do more with a look in a movie than some actresses can do with a whole script. Yeah. You just give her just a little line of dialogue, a little bit of, um, idea about what she's supposed to be going for and she's yeah. going to knock it out of the park every time her best work since fargo for sure yes um it's one of the things and then she's not the only one either um woody harrelson is fabulous when he's in there playing the pretty much you know you the way that you um talk about the movie it makes it seem like the sheriff is sort of an antagonist like he's somehow working against figuring out the crime but that's not really the case sure. in the movie so yeah. it's a hard role to play Actually, I think what a good example is, let's play the clip to kind of give people an idea of the relationship between the two. I'd do anything to catch the guy who did it, Mrs. Hayes, but when the DNA don't match no one who's ever been arrested, and when the DNA don't match any other crime nationwide, and when there wasn't a single eyewitness from the time she left your house to the time we found her, well, right now, there ain't too much more we can do could pull blood from every man and boy in this town over the age of eight. There's civil rights laws prevents that, Mrs. Hayes. And what if he was just passing through town? Pull blood from every man in the country, then. Then what if he was just passing through the country? If it was me, I'd start up a database. Every male baby was born, stick him on it. And as soon as he'd done something wrong, cross-reference it, make 100% certain it was a correct match, then kill him. Yeah, well, there's definitely civil rights laws prevents that. Yes, so because of the nature of the crime, you can tell she is really torn apart by grief. As anybody would be in that situation. As anybody would be, and that because of that, her ache for revenge kind of surpasses any more tender emotions that you might find in a movie about this subject. Moments like that, you can really tell the background of the director um martin mcdonough he's um actually famous in ireland for being one of their apparent top living playwrights okay so he's super famous with the stage and a lot of the time when you're watching this movie it kind of shines through because he does not great with necessarily filming stuff and showing you vistas but he's definitely good and he likes to focus on performances and with his script he definitely gives the actors a lot to work with yeah the performances are fantastic And the storyline is interesting and shocking, which is why I thoroughly enjoyed the film. So why didn't you? Basically for the same reason that I didn't really feel like the director knew what kind of movie he was making here. Which I don't I don't disagree with. It jumps from one moment where it starts as a dark comedy. And then, like I said, it goes into the melodrama and then it goes into deeper melodrama. And then it jumps back to the comedy. And then there are just I felt numerous plot lines that were introduced that go nowhere. That you could didn't need to be in the movie except for to give uh, one of your actors a reason to have a crying scene or an anger scene or something like that. Yeah, I feel like Madonna definitely likes to play comedy against violence and though to like bring laughs out of the unspeakable. And I liked that juxtaposition, you know, like I like that in most of his movies um, that it kind of produces like a laughter that it catches in your throat because it gives you pause that maybe you're like, 
Wait, why why am I laughing? Does this make me a bad person that I think this is You funny? definitely have those moments while you're watching this movie. They're like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Am <laughs> yeah. I supposed to be uncomfortable? I'm not sure. What's, what's really interesting about that, so I was reading an article in the LA Times, and they were interviewing the director and were asking what his reaction was to some of the backlash of the film that it's received for its moral ambiguity. And he said, I'm just going to quote him, that the ambiguity is exactly what I was going for in it, so it's not a surprise. I think, and it's nothing I can't happily defend at any stage. I think it's a really good film and think often the backlash is kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And I think certainly in time, maybe not right now in time, but the heart of the film will definitely be seen as something that's deserving to be recognized. And I agree with that. I See, what we were discussing earlier amongst ourselves where as time goes on, I enjoy the film more. I do not. The more and I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking about it. It you know it actually makes me angry because I'm thinking about wow. all the different parts of the movie that were working, specifically the black comedy right off the bat. I thought worked, but then like just the whole area and everything just started falling apart for me when he didn't know what he wanted to do. It's like he had too many ideas and but just maybe didn't grief wanna... is like that. Like maybe it, it wasn't to... cut grief and these actions aren't cut and dry. So maybe it had to be that way. There were not, there's a difference between not cut and dry and just why was this in here in the first place besides to make your movie over 90 minutes. Because sometimes, like, Sam Rockwell has a whole arc in the movie yeah. near the end that what is going on? It goes nowhere. It literally dead ends, and you're like, what? In, what is happening here? See, I felt that he kind of changed and grew. I don't know. I mean, I do understand a lot and of what you're saying, and there were a lot of scenes that were kind of hard to watch and that yes maybe the trailer was misleading and it's never good for a film when you go in expecting one thing and you get something else it can be good i won't say well, then it's like the time, movie drive where it got all these <laughs> complaints because people wanted the fast and the furious and it was like a murder crime Is that drama. The, the ryan gosling one yeah now i will say about that movie you want to talk about a movie that i was like mediocre on and then halfway through completely changes tone and catches my interest when you bust out the hammer in that yeah. movie i'm like what <laughs> happened here did i it's fall true. asleep and then wake up in another movie so i mean movies definitely can do that and sometimes it works but just oh man man three billboards I, I the hype behind it and i've wanted acting is so good even some of the small parts we I mean, mentioned she deserves I feel like Frances deserves an Oscar for this film. Oh, her I feel performance her performance was amazing. I feel her and Sam Rockwell should be getting awards season talk for sure. Well, for I'm this glad that you can that you're you know can see that through your rage of watching the movie of throwing popcorn I mean, at the screen in my mind. I mean, just look at some of the talent we haven't even mentioned. Look, Peter Dinklage and John Hawks are both in this movie, and why are they in this movie? Neither of them needs to be in it. I will say yes to that. Peter Dinklage, I was like, what? There was no point to your character. You were so underutilized for such a talent. John Hawks is, there's literally nothing he can be in that he's not great. Yeah, what? He's amazing. Seven. We don't talk about John Hawks enough. No, we don't. And he's one of those Stellar. actors that nobody, and like I'm, we're seeing John Hawks and everybody is immediately going to their phone to Google who he is. But I guarantee that it's, you have seen him It's worth it. Yes, yeah, so you've seen him in a lot of things and probably really liked it. We should actually talk about him another point because a lot of the films he's been in, has been in are all really, really heavy. So he's definitely yes. always cast, you, you know, as someone who can handle that. You want to know actually what was like a stupid thing that took me out of the movie a little bit? Hmm. Um, the lady who played 
plays Max's mom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in this movie, okay. playing the exact same character that she plays on It's Always Sunny. And every time she's uh, Sam Rockwell's mom in this movie, oh, okay. every single time she came on the screen, I immediately laughed a little bit because I was just like, out. I was like, oh my god, I imagine like the gang is hanging out in Philly right now, and she's just taking a vacation out here in <laughs> Ebbing, Missouri. That's- that's nice. See, Drinking that, on the porch. It brought you some happiness. It did. All right. We can probably move on. I'm just going to end with that. Again, the grief was raw, and I really liked that her anger was not treated like something that needed to be cured. No. I, I, she was allowed to feel this anger. Oh, actually, I saw um, this Flannery O'Connor quote that I thought really fit the movie that was, the truth does, does not change according to our ability to stomach it. Mm, that's a good quote. I felt like it really fit that movie. It, yeah, that definitely fits that it movie. It just gave that's us right our on, truth. <laughs> right yes. on the nose there. Okay, so now let's really change gears as much as, as humanly as much possible. much as humanly I think, possible. Because we're going to talk about holiday movies. Everybody's favorite thing to talk about. Who doesn't? The library owns so many holiday movies and we want you to come down to go to your local library and get some and take them home and make coco now we could we could sit here and recommend all of your tried and trues your rudolph the red-nosed reindeers your frosty the snowman's your christmas stories but we're not going to do that oh we have an idea to do some christmas movies that are a little outside the norm ones you don't necessarily think of as christmas movies okay i feel like I'm going to talk about ones that everyone's like, they are, and you're going to pull out some weird I'm ones. I'm pull some weird ones out of nowhere. Um, before do you we want get... to do some obvious ones we can start with whenever you're ready? Yeah. Let's, um, okay, so the obvious one, the big obvious one that everybody talks about for awesome Chris movies is Die Hard 1 and 2. Those ones. So good. They are the perfect action movie. Some people, most people's favorite action movie, honestly. People, there's a, always debate about whether it's a Christmas movie. I it's say totally it's, a Christmas. Yeah, it's movie. It's set at Christmas. It's there's all jokes about Christmas the entire movie. They're so. having a Christmas work party. There are jingle bells. The there's only, a ho 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 sign. The only I reason on a dead body. The only reason he's even Spirit. in L.A. is to meet his family for Christmas. That's yes. the whole setup of the movie. So. I mean, Both it's times. not a family Christmas movie. Well, a lot of but these are an adult Christmas movie. A lot on these lists are not going to be family Christmas movies. But, you know, I wouldn't say that. Nowadays, I think Die Hard is perfectly legitimate to watch well, with the whole family. Die Hard 1 and 2, let's not forget that the future diehards just get absolutely ridiculous. And he goes from being a human cop in the first one to, like, a Terminator who's, like, <laughs> leaping through the air and, like, <laughs> hanging on the helicopters. And I was like, I liked the guy with the bloody feet. He yeah. was relatable. How does he look younger now in these newer movies than he looks back in the first one? It's creepy and weird. They've now. just improved on makeup over They're time. They're so bad. So, yes, so Die Hard, now. obviously, Die Hard's a great one. Yes. Um, the well other, done, Jacob. An- another obvious one is actually my favorite movie of all time, Gremlins. Wait. It's your favorite movie of my, all time? It's my favorite movie. Every movie? Yours is the little... I can quote that little movie. Asian alien? I can quote that movie front to back with the director's cut. I remember scenes that nobody even remembers in that I movie. I feel like I'm sharing this really private moment, like learning what? so much about you. If you could tell me one thing <laughs> not to love about Gremlins, I will be fighting in our little in the little um, studio here. Here's the thing. I can't. Uh-oh. It's, it's perfect. Oh, there you go. No, See, it's there. perfect. It's a perfect movie. They keep talking about making a new one, but oh, 
I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about it. I'm like, just stick to the original. But Gremlins, it's it's been playing at North Park Theater too. I've been meaning to get over there, and they're also selling like little enamel pins of Spike and Gizmo's head. Oh, see there. I, I need one. Now I know what I'm doing after this. Yeah, whoever's listening, my stocking really, really needs one of those pins. But if like we were just talking about three ebbing, but if you want to see a perfect example of how to do different genres all in the same movie and make them perfectly coalesce gremlins i think is a perfect example it's a family movie it's a horror movie comedy all of the above and christmas movie and christmas and it is a christmas movie i mean christmas is really a focal point that's how they get the that's how gizmo gets there it's a christmas gift for his son oh gizmo Gizmo. that's still like the cutest creature created in movies howie mandel is the voice of gizmo in case you were unaware of that really yeah howie mandel from uh, yeah, I, I know. Numerous shows and being bald. Howie Mandel is <laughs> Blowing up uh, rubber <laughs> gloves on his head. Oh, I'd be so sad if that's how people knew me. What, if you were <laughs> okay. the voice of Gizmo or the the um, rubber gloves on the head? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one that I really love, Christmas uh, movie. All right. Is Just Friends oh. with Ryan Reynolds and Anna Faris. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's so good. So I don't even know how to describe it. He's like an um, L.A music producer and he comes back to his hometown for Christmas which he does not want to do and he has to bring his top star with him who's Anna Ferris who's just who's just terrible in every way so we all know what Ryan Reynolds looks like so the big um, conceit of this movie is he was a big person he weighed like 400 pounds when in he high school young, yeah. he was a <laughs> dork he had the um, acne and he had a huge crush on Amy Smart who is still living in the hometown and she just kind of rejected him, and he got a big embarrassment on the day of graduation, goes out to L.A. and becomes, you know, Ryan Reynolds and mm. has to have his holiday comeback when they end up ta- when he takes Anna Ferris back home. And it doesn't work as well as he would like. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm always a big fan of these movies where it's like calamity after calamity. It's, oh, they always keep you entertained for, like, the entire... It's really, part. really funny. It's worth checking out, and I don't know why it didn't become... A bigger deal, although it is a big deal between me and some of my friends. Especially go, especially where Ryan Reynolds is now. You go back and look; it's like, wow, this is this was like one of his many, many indicators that he was going to be a big star, and just took a while, a little longer yeah. than everybody thought. So then, another one that I'll say that I really like Christmassy is, and although it is not a perfect movie, is Ghostbusters Two. Oh, okay. I didn't expect to hear Ghostbusters Two come up in this. Yeah, one. that's a. That's Christmassy. It's it got is. the vibe. I mean, I don't know what isn't Christmassy about pink slime full of rage running under a city. I mean, it's a whole. Uh, it's a theme throughout the entire movie too, with the whole everybody has to love each other to fight evil kind of yes. plot line going through there. So there's not like a ton of Christmas in the movie, but it definitely takes place during that time, and it's just feel good. And that one you can watch with the whole family. Yes. Now, when you talk about movies, you can watch with the whole family. You can. You can. Those were those ones. But oh, um, now we're. I'm going to switch to a couple that maybe, maybe you're not really supposed to watch with the whole family. So the obvious two to start with are Bad Santa (laughs) one and two, starring Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, I have not seen number two because I heard it was terrible. Is it? I actually did see number two, and it's terrible because it's basically Bad Santa all over again. Okay. So it's exactly the same kind of movie. It's the same thing. It loses steam a little towards the end, but like. The first hour, I was cracking up the entire time. So Billy Bob Thornton is a terrible, disgusting human who is also a criminal and wants to, is he wants to rob the mall, right? Yeah, he wants to rob the mall. Okay, so he gets a job as a mall Santa. 
I do have to put a warning out there. It is really, really foul. Oh, it is R-rated to an nth degree. He curses every fourth word. So it's hilarious. But if that is not your cup of tea. If you do not like uh, insults with creative (laughs) swearing thrown in, this is not going to be your movie. But if you are, it is one of the best out there for the holidays. It really is. I'd say that I usually watch Bad Santa every year. It's good. Both one. Both watching. Yeah. So what was your other naughty film? So I'm definitely going to go way out there. This one, Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. Oh, stop your face. That is... Denied. What do you mean denied? Denied. You cannot deny it. It's a Christmas movie. It is set at Christmas. A Christmas movie? It is a set Christmas, Christmas movie for weird pervs. It's oh, Stanley I Kubrick. Th- I hate that movie so much. What do you hate about Eyes Wide Shut? I don't. It would take less time to talk about the things that I liked, which would be maybe some of the costumes. I hate everything else. I hate they play like one note on a piano through the whole film. Done. Done. No. That stop is it. The Kubrick style. Also, Tom Cruise doesn't even run in it, and he's only good in movies when he's running because well, he looks so good when he runs. That's been a that's actually a proven point, so I can't argue that. I, one. It's uh, Stanley Kubrick's last movie. Yes. Which is oh, what an a, interesting. What a pity. Bye. I'm sorry, Jacob, but friendship canceled. Boo. Friendship canceled, knowing that you like Eyes Wide Shut. I do. It was the first R-rated movie I ever saw when I was an adult. He's wrong. Don't watch it. Don't listen to this woman. All right. Okay, let me think of something. Okay. This might be considered a Christmas movie. Like, this might not be so secret. But Trading Places. Oh, the Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. Okay. Where the title is very literal. They trade places. <laughs> not in the Freaky Friday sense. Oh, yeah. No, but they kind of switch lives to get a, a different taste um, of how they live. Do you want to describe it more? It's a um, two rich Wall Street businessmen. It's actually very timely nowadays. Um, decide they're going to make a bet for $1 that of nature versus nurture. Whether it matters whether you came up in a certain situation or whether you're just better at something overall just because of who you are. So they ha- are going to take Dan Aykroyd, who's one of the up-and-comers at their firm, and they're basically going to switch his position with a homeless Eddie Murphy and see if they... If you can just swap them out and it's going to be the exact same thing. And if you can imagine, hilarity ensues. This this is 80s Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. So this is good a- yeah, Aykroyd and prime. Uh, Murray. So they're in their prime. Def- okay. Definitely one to check out. And uh, a young uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is also in that movie. And she's great. So, okay. get a couple. I'm going to throw one more in and then maybe you'll do a couple more and then we'll kind of move it on. But one of my absolute favorites is Edward Scissorhands. It's a great movie. That is a perfect movie. Everything about that movie is wonderful. That was like right at the height of like. um, It's when Johnny Depp could dress up and it was actually like interesting. And and he was playing a character instead of now where he can only dress up and is still terrible in my opinion. And then Tim Burton hadn't become like a parody of himself with like the movies that he's putting out now. All of his visuals and stuff was still new and exciting. And he knew how to work it. He didn't. It's beautiful with the snow and the Christmas setting and the way that the houses are decorated. And Winona, young Winona, we all loved her so much. She's still great today, but she still looks exactly the same. She is still great. Stranger Things has really brought her back into our attention. I I think I underestimated Winona Ryder for the longest time on her acting ability. Yeah, she's really great. She was really good. Remember Girl Interrupted? 
Angelina Jolie won the Best Supporting Oscar for that movie, but I felt like Winona... Yeah, Winona Ryder was a star of that movie. Yeah, she didn't get enough attention for it. She was really great. Yeah, she's a much better actress than people give her credit for. Yeah, so maybe it's... You've probably seen Edward Scissorhands, but if it's been a while, it's definitely worth checking out and putting on again and feeling really happy about it. Yes. All right, Jacob, let's get us a couple more... All right, you know what? A couple more weird ones... I'm just looking at his list that he has written down, and I'm super confused. You know, what? No, what you know this? what? Can you talk about this? Because what is this? Okay, look. I got. I put some weird <laughs> ones on here. So title. I am going to recommend two. There is Jack Frost, the, not the Michael Keaton movie. No, this is the mutant killer snowman. Sure. I yeah. mean, obviously. And even better, the ginger dead man starring <laughs> Gary Busey oh, as God. the ginger dead man. Jacob, stop. I am not making that up. That why is a legitimate movie. Why do you hate There's, anyone who's listening to this that you want them to watch? So you want, want to know the best thing about both of those? Oh, they, I really do. They are both part of a franchise because mm-hmm. there are multiple editions mm-hmm. of both of them. Mm-hmm. So they're exactly the same. <laughs> Jack Frost is the story of a serial killer who's on his way to the electric chair. Who his um, is, transport? Is he, a, is he a snowman? Not yet. His transport oh. hits a truck full of chemicals, what? and his body is hit by the chemicals, uh-huh. and then it melts oh, and well. merges with the snow, and then he comes back as a killer snowman. Okay, well, now that I know it's based in more reality, yeah. I can definitely it's get cool. behind Feet are it. I grounded. mean, that's what happens when you're splashed with chemicals. You usually melt and become a snowman. And then the ginger dead man is about a <laughs> piece of gingerbread, ma- a gingerbread man who oh. becomes possessed and then goes on a murdering spree. Is he still tiny? No, he's big. How do you get big? He's because he, he got gets possessed. Splashed with opposite chemicals. No, he's he's a possessed ginger dead man. So he just comes back to life and starts. I like people. that you're kind of saying it in a way like, duh. You're like, yeah. duh, Michelle. What are you asking about? Like, what do you mean? Some, how does it happen? Sometimes I'm really ignorant. All right, so we have so many more, and we'll actually list a bunch of them um, on the site so that you can click on them and find them in our catalog. Yeah. But those are some. You know, stop watching the same. You can watch the same ones. I know you're going to watch. Love Actually, which I hate, and we can actually talk about that at some point. The flaws in that movie. But you're allowed to love all of your favorite Christmas movies, but, you know, put it some weird ones in. To me, Michelle. Except Eyes Wide Shut. Don't do it. To me, Michelle, you're perfect. Oh. Yeah. That's a nice little thing there. You know, just look up the director, Shane Black, as well, and just knock out a bunch of Christmas movies all at once. Okay, we can he, do that. He's one of his his main things is he likes to put movies set in Christmas. So his, the list of movies that just set there, um, Iron Man 3, Last Boy Scout. Uh, he also got some, like, Long Kiss Goodnight is set for that Christmas. Nice Guys, everything. So, And, of course, Lethal Weapons. So enjoy okay. those. All, all good. Um, you know, real quick, what about Christmas songs? Because me, man, do I hate them. But there are, I think, four that I really, really like. Do you have an opinion on Christmas music? I have one specifically that I like. It's actually another weird one for you. Hey Santa by Wilson Phillips. I used to hear it every day when I was um, a baker. Oh, thinking of you listening to Wilson Phillips absolutely warms my heart. I was jamming right to, to the it. center. I could start singing it, but I don't want to. I don't want to um, punish our listeners with that kind of auditorious. I'm going to say my favorites. That are actually like really solid songs. So wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney. Okay. Simply have you know. Oh, like that it. that one. I'm mm. a really good. Mm. Uh, Happy Christmas, John Lennon. Okay. The is war it? is over. You're like I'm sad listening to this, but it's Christmassy. Um, 
the last Tor- Christmas by Wham. Uh, by <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I do like th- I do Christmas, like that. I, I gave, gave you my, my heart. heart. Yeah, I do like that <laughs> song actually. And then my all-time favorite is by Darlene Love. It's Christmas Baby Please Come Home. Do you know that one? No. I'm not going to sing it because Ooh. she's a really great singer and I can't do it. But No Santa Baby. Everybody no. look that up. No Santa Baby. Gra- uh, grandma got Grandpa got ran over by a reindeer. It's Grandma. Did you say Grandpa? Grandpa Grandma. What, yeah. what do you mean, we Grandpa, Grandma? They're not interchangeable. <laughs> They're two different people. There could maybe you have two grandpas, Michelle. Jeez, be progressive, would you? This this is the worst. <laughs> These are the worst moments of my life. Um, okay, so at the end of every episode, we've just been discussing long books for the cold weather. Something that you can check out, bring home, and you know, not have to go back out. You can spend a lot of time with it. So, recommendation wise, there is a book. And I am recommending this because I think it is a great book, but I will also say not everyone is going to love it. It's sometimes kind of hard to access. It's not accessible. Did I say that weird? Mm. I did. It's called 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami, and it is over 1,100 pages. But it takes place in Tokyo in 1984, and there is a young woman who takes this weird suggestion from a taxi driver and then begins to notice these discrepancies in the world around her and realizes that she has entered a parallel universe, which she calls 1Q84, and the Q is for question mark. And there's also, like, the second character is a writer, and he becomes really wrapped up in this unusual work, and his placid life just sort of unravels, and eventually their narratives converge over the course of a single year, and there is just like a profound entangled connection that binds them. And it's a really beautiful novel. It's kind of like fantasy and self-discovery and dystopian. And it's really ambitious. And if you have the time to read an 1,100-page book, do it. I don't that's e- it. I don't even have anything to add. I love Murakami. He's okay, a great, great. author. Yeah. I was a big fan of Norwegian Woods, so that's a definite. I can recommend that author wholeheartedly. He's weird, but awesome. So, yeah. Okay, so that is it for this show of All Booked Up. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to our SoundCloud page. And as always, you should follow the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's Facebook page and their Twitter yeah, come out of there. That's what all the good stuff's fine. Find up the latest events. Find out what's going on in your local library and come down and join us. You got it. Do it all. So thanks again for listening, guys, and have a good time. <laughs> Jacob, you're giving me this expectant look because you knew I was going to do it. You did it twice in a row. I got to know. Okay. Where does a librarian sleep? Where? Between the covers. Oh, yes. my God. I nail them every time. Okay, guys. Take it easy. Bye.